faithfulness, God's, and ours. But before we get to the message, let's look at some headlines in the news, and we'll keep up on the things that are taking place. As I mentioned before, China is having some financial problems, and we don't know how severe that's going to be, but this year their stock market fell by 30%. Now, when there was the meeting with Biden and Xi in San Francisco, there was a very little publicized meeting which had all the major investment billionaires meet with Chi. And what he wanted, he wanted American money through American stock exchange to help bail out China that was having their financial problems. So that tells us a couple of things. Because of that, all the saber rattling concerning Taiwan will not happen in war. Chinese want to take over without firing a shot. Remember what they did to Hong Kong. They waited to the right moment, the right time, then they just moved in and took over. They didn't have to destroy anything. They kept all the businesses. They kept all the stock market. They kept all of the foreign exchange, and they kept the banks. So that's what they want to do with Taiwan. So we'll have to see how that goes. Now, right now, there are meetings going on in Davos, Switzerland. Now, why is that important? Because that's where all of the the woke billionaires get together to try and form the new world order. And they're having a little difficulty doing it, which is good. But they're trying to use AI, and their goal is to replace 5 to 10% of the workforce and have AI do it. And then, remember how Biden said he wanted to give a minimum uh, income to all the people? That comes from the World Economic Forum, headed by Klaus Schwab and Yul Harari. Okay? So watch what they're going to be doing with that. Now here's something else more. Now, we're going to have posted online a link about this. What they are doing with DARPA. Now, DARPA is the Department of Advanced Research Projects in the United States, funded by the government. And they are performing many, many experiments and have been doing them for years and years and years. And what they are coming up with are things that will make Dr. Mengele of the Nazis during World War II look like sandbox and children playing in it. They want to directly intervene through vaccines, through genetic mitophod food, 
And through the, what do, what do they do when they have the planes fly over and spray the air? Yes, all those particles will, they come down to the earth and they're developing the kind that will ingest by just breathing. And all of them are designed to change your genetic setup to make you more receptive to their plans. So I'm going to have online a special report by a woman in Spain who shows what they're planning to do. And that goes right along with the eventual chip in the right hand or in the forehead. Okay? So the mark of the beast equals complete control. That's why there's a coming martyrdom of the saints. And that martyrdom comes because they are faithful to God. And they don't compromise. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay. So what they want to do is make human beings a combination of a physical entity and all of the add-ons and things that they intend to do to change our genetic makeup, and we will be called homo borgenesis. And they say this, they want to bring through the singularity is near, through singularity university. Now, I think it was about 2008 or 2009 for Feast of Tabernacles, I gave three messages on singularity is near by Raymond Kurtzville. And they want to bring false eternal life this way. By taking your consciousness and what you have in your mind and develop a mind in a robot post-humanism. See, because you have transhumanism, then you have post-humanism. Post-humanism. And therefore... You will live forever because your consciousness will be in the mind of that robot. So Satan is not looking to play tiddlywinks with human beings. He wants to remake them and destroy them. Now then, if you have not read that 30-page report by that Chinese general that we have on the home page, and if you don't come online for the live streaming services and you don't go online to the website, then you're going to have to write for that paper. Now, it's a 30-page paper, and it's important to understand because this tells you what the Chinese have been planning for America for over 20 years, and they're actually doing it right now. And one of the things that they said way back then that they specialized in was enhancing biotechnology and viruses to infect people, to kill them 
without having to fire a shot and then take over. And now they're talking about, and here's, here's Klaus Schwab saying, we have disease X coming through, coming soon. Are they going to try and spring this during the election so that they can have all mail-in ballots and stuff them again like they did with the last one? Who knows? Okay, so you need to keep up on that. Now, remember, these people are working hand-in-glove, overtime, trying to set up the whole system to control the whole world. And eventually they will get the system. It may, be, may not be like exactly the way that the World Economic Forum proposes today. But nevertheless, it will come because Revelation 13 tells us that it will. Okay? Now concerning the BRICS, that is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. They've had five other nations join them, which are Saudi Arabia, Egypt, United Arab Emirates, Iran, and Ethiopia. Now, all of these nations have varying degrees of stability in their currency and their economy. Put them all together, they're going to have an impact. They're going to try and have a BRICS currency. So that sets up a race between the central bank digital currencies, which they're now developing in 130 countries, and what the BRICS are trying to do with their international trade and their coming currency that they want to produce. So it will be a race as to who finishes first, but it will probably be the digital currency. Okay. Now here's something that even has the, Vat the Catholic Church upset at the Vatican. The Pope announces blessing on same-sex couples. And there are quite a few Catholics who are rebelling against it. So we'll see where that goes. Okay. Remember what it says that Jerusalem is called in Revelation 11? It is called Sodom and Egypt. And that means the whole world. And what is the false religion called? Babylon the Great, the what? The mother of harlots. Okay, so we see that coming. All right. Now let's look at a couple of other things that are taking place right now. They're finding that with all this cold weather back in the Midwest and the East, guess what? Electric cars don't hold their charge very long. And they can't get them charged up. So here's a picture of an electric car with a cord stuffed into the apparatus on the side of the car to 
get the battery charged, and the car won't work. But it costs 15000 more than a gas-driven car. So we will see. Everyone's looking to hope that Trump will get elected. Well, he may. But we'll have to see how far he can do it in changing the direction that America has been going. Because you come to a point. He's talking about right now, just yesterday, mass deportation. How are you going to round them all up? And will they be able to identify them? Also, New York City, guess how much they have spent just on health care for all of the illegal immigrants that they send up to New York City. Last year, they spent $500 million in New York City. What's going to happen when there can't be any medical attention given to them or given to the rest of the people? What kind of plagues will come? What sort of sickness and disease will they bring? See, because all of this is a fulfillment of prophecies, and just like Russell Kemp said, will the people listen enough so that God will hold back his hand? We don't know. I just did two on church at home, on the hand of God's judgment. And one of the major things is all the immigrants coming into America, they've already come into a lot of the European countries that are of the other 10 tribes of Israel. Okay. Now then, for those of us who are not of the immigrant class and you have a family, your family is being attacked if you want to homeschool your children, but it has been proven that homeschooled children turn out to be smarter, more active, and more, how should we say, desirable to be employed. Then we have the thing here, the Red Sea, the Houthi, going after the shipping, you know. Biden is there because of the sins of the people. And his inaction is part of the curse brought upon us because of our sins in rejecting God. In the Christian so-called community. Now you go online and look on YouTube, the 50 most wicked or evil Christians. I mentioned that last week. Now let me, let me bring something to you. I got this email from a man named Ehud Barak. Now, he is a Jew living in Algeria, 
and he's got about 20 who meet with him, and they now have begun to follow along with truthofgod.org and church at home. Plus, there's another group some distance away from them. So I sent him an email and asked him, if we sent you some Bibles, would they get through safely to you? And he wrote back and said, no, they probably would destroy them. So I wrote him and told him, you need to uh, download the entire Bible from afaithfulversion.org and put it on your computer or notebook or smartphone if you have a smartphone that has, has enough uh, memory to hold it. And if you don't, let me know. We'll send you the funds so you can get it. Okay. So I also put him in contact with John Gunter in Spain, and he's already made contact with them, so we'll see where that goes. So we're reaching out to new people. Clear over in Algeria. Can you imagine that? Just a small group. God's is still working. Okay? Now then, let's go ahead and take a, a break, and we'll be back with faithfulness, God's, and ours. Faithfulness. God's faithfulness and our faithfulness. Now, Jesus made a statement. Let's come to Luke, 7, Luke 18. You can turn there. And as you're turning, we have, first of all, the parable right there in verse 1. He tells us what we need to do. And one of the most important things we need to do to maintain contact with God is every day we need to pray. We need to pray in the morning. We need to pray in the evening. And as you go along, you'll find yourself praying more even while you are doing what you're doing during the day. And that's called pray continuously, as Paul says back there in First Thessalonians. Now, Luke 18 and verse 1. And he spoke a parable to them, saying to show that it is, is necessary or obligatory okay, to pray always and not to give up. Because, see, God will answer the prayer either yes or no, or he'll answer it a little differently than you expect. And he may answer the prayer in a time that is later, that you didn't expect. And sometimes it happens that you will look back and see that God answered the prayer. And you didn't even know it until you thought about it later on. Okay? So he says here, concerning the widow who went to the unjust judge and said, avenge me, and he didn't do it, and she kept coming and kept coming and kept coming, and the judge finally said, I'll avenge you. Then here's the lesson from that verse 7 that Jesus said. Shall not God execute vengeance for his elect? Now, 
We are called this. We are the called, the chosen, which means elect. And elect means selected. Selected out of all of the human beings that God deals with and doesn't deal with. And as a matter of fact, when you understand it and realize it, everyone, as I brought out in the hand of God's judgment in church at home, is this. God is judging everyone, everywhere, every nation, everywhere, all the time. How does he do that? By his laws, by his commandments, and by our choices. So here's what Jesus said. His elect who cry out to him day and night, constantly praying, and patiently watch over them. Okay. I tell you that he will execute vengeance for them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes. Now notice this next sentence here because this is the key, especially as we see what's going on today. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find the true faith on the earth. Now, the Greek is the faith, meaning the faith that comes from God. Now, God will give us the gift of faith, which is part of the gift of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, but we must make the choices to properly exercise that faith. Because if you compromise, and remember this, when you compromise, then you start creating problems. Now, I mentioned last week about this, this woman preacher that I saw on Daystar, and she really gave a good message, and it was mostly to women, so that's fine, because God says he doesn't want a woman to preach in the church. But we find in the Old Testament that there is the prophetess Deborah. Now, God will use women when the men become so weak that they won't stand up for the truth. And that's brought out when Deborah told Barak, who is supposed to be the judge to go carry out the uh, battle against the enemy. And she said, Barak, God says, go do this. And he says, well, I won't go without you. She said, it's a woman's victory. And this woman, when she spoke, said, compromise brings consequences. Now, compromise is when you shade the truth or move away from the truth and accept something that is not right. Okay? Let's look at what happened to the children of Israel. Let's come clear back here to the book of Deuteronomy 7. Deuteronomy 7, verse 1. 
All right. Let's pick it up here in verse 9. Deuteronomy 7 and verse 9. All right. Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God. The faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy with those that love him. Now then, what are all of these Protestants going to do that say that the God of the Old Testament is a harsh God and there's no love in it? Huh? How many times do you find about loving God? Well, we'll see a little bit here just concerning that. All right. That love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. That's more generations than there are generations of human beings. Verse 10, and he repays those who hate him to their face to destroy them. Now, isn't that what God said, uh, Christ said back there in Luke 18, that God will speedily avenge? Yes. He will not be slow to repay him who hates him and will repay him to his face. Now, all of those who hate God, all of those who don't believe in God, all of those who want to take God out of everything that is happening in the lives of people, and even in the Christian church, and the Christian church is virtually worthless anymore today. You shall therefore keep the commandments and statutes and the judgments, which I command you today to do them, and it shall come to pass, if, and it's all conditional, because God has given us free moral agency. We choose when to pray. We choose what to pray about. We choose keeping the commandments of God. We choose studying the word of God. Or we can compromise and not do it. And does that bring consequences? We'll see in a little bit. Yes, it does. And it shall come to pass, if you walk unto the judgment to keep and practice them, then the Lord your God will keep with you the covenant and the mercy which he swore to your fathers. And he will love you and bless you and multiply you, and he will also bless the fruit of your womb, the fruit of your land, your grain, your wine, your oil, the increase of your cattle, the and the flocks of your sheep in the land which he gave, which he swore to give to your fathers to give them. Okay. And you shall be blessed above all people. Now, I want you to stop and think about that. Because this nation was founded on the word of God. And the Constitution has many principles from the Bible in it. Were we not one of the most blessed nations of all people on earth? Think about it. Yes, we were. And look at what we have done. Now, now let's come to chapter 8. Let's see something else here about what we are to do. How is our faith expressed to God? Well, first of all, we're to love God 
and keep his commandments. And it says there in 1 John, the second chapter, that if you profess God or Christ, you were to walk in his steps. Okay. Now, what happens when you have a trial? Because we're all going to have trials. Some will be long, some will be short, some will be difficult, some will be very anguishing, and some will not be so tedious. Let's come to chapter 8 and let's see what he says here. Okay. Verse 1. All the commandments which I command you this day, you shall be diligent. Now mark that down and you go to Deuteronomy 28 and you see how all the blessings come and it's always with diligence. And that means that you are aware of it, you understand it, and that you do it the way God says in the way that God wants and with a willing heart. You shall be diligent to observe so that you may live and and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God led you these 40 years in the wilderness in order to humble you. That's why we have trials. Okay? So that we can overcome human nature. So that we can overcome the dictates of the carnal mind and learn to have faith and trust in God. Okay. So when they wandered, he said, to humble you, to prove you. See. Now God tells us to prove him. By what? By believing him and keeping his commandments and believing Christ. Okay. To prove you, to know what is in your heart. Isn't that interesting? That's what God wants to understand. What is it that makes you tick? What is it that you have going on in your mind? Is it the way of God, led by the Spirit of God? And you're producing the fruits that are necessary of that? Okay. Whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and then fed you with manna, which you did not know, neither did your fathers know it, so that he might make you to know. See, that's what it's for. A lesson so we can know. So God can know. Okay. So you can know that man, that means any human being, does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord your, does man live. Now, isn't that the first thing that Jesus quoted to Satan the devil in Matthew 4 and Luke 4 when he was tempted by the devil? Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That defines God's faith to us that we need to choose to do so that we have faithfulness to God. See? All right. Let's see what happened to the children of Israel because let's come now to, to Judges, the second chapter. 
All right. Let's see what happened. They went into the promised land. Joshua led them. They conquered the land and everything was fine. But he also said before he died that you this day must choose who you are going to serve. There's always that choice for every individual in his or her life, for in a family, for in a community, for in a nation, whatever. There are choices that we make. And you can put in your notes there, Deuteronomy 30, that God has set before us life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you may live. All right? So here's what happened. Verse 7. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. And they buried him and so forth. Verse 10. And also all that generation were gathered to their fathers. Now, a generational change. Okay. We're in that right now. And I've been for some time. And all that generation was gathered to their fathers. Then there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord, nor even the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil. Now, how do you start doing evil? By compromising. Right? What's the first compromise that came along in the churches of God? Well, you can, you, you can get the buck from Sabbath to Sunday by Samuel Bacchioki, or Bacchiochi, if you wanted a, a more Italian pronunciation. And he shows it began, guess where? In Rome. Guess when? Shortly after Paul was let out of prison, beginning in 62 AD. When did it all come to a head because there were so many people drifting away from the Sabbath? In 321 AD, when Constantine said, you're going to keep the venerable day of the sun. Okay. Now, you see the, the choice, the compromise, the result. And Sunday then began to replace Sabbath keeping and then all the holiday, holidays. Okay. Now, we have online, you can go online and look at it. It's called, What the Vatican Doesn't Want You to Know. Okay. So here we have it. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. Now, who's Balaam? Balaam is the sun god, and his day is Sunday. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, who brought them out of the land of Egypt. Now, what does God say? It is an if. If you forsake me, 
I will forsake you. And then great distress and trouble comes. And people wonder, well, why is it? Why do we have all of these problems? Because we have forgotten God. We have left him. And they followed other gods, even the gods of the people who were around them and bowed themselves down to them and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. Okay. Then it shows God sent them off into captivity because of that. See? All right. Now, let's come to Revelation 2 and 3. Let's look at the churches. And let's remember that it's all based upon our choices. We who have the Holy Spirit of God must maintain that Spirit of God by prayer and study and living God's ways. All right? Let's see what we would call creeping compromise and what happens. Okay? Ephesians 2, the church at Ephesus. Now, this was commended for all of their good works and and that they tested all of the those who came and said they were apostles and were not and found that they were liars, okay? And they also hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans, or the Nicolaitans, rather, which God says he hates. Now, what is the... What are the deeds of the Nicolaitans? That is, rule over the people of God by the ministry and false doctrine that comes with that. And we see that in the Catholic Church. We've experienced it within the churches of God in our day. Okay? So here's what happens with creeping compromise. Verse 4. Nevertheless, I have this against you because, or that is, that you have left your first love. And remember from where you have fallen, and repent and do the first works. And if not, now this sounds just like reading Judges, the second chapter. When they sinned, God brought trials and correction upon them, right? Okay. But if you do not, I will come quickly and I will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. Then he gives a warning. Again, to all the churches, it's the same thing right here. God is faithful in blessings and in cursings, in truth, and in righteousness. And he doesn't want us to begin forsaking him and begin compromising and not doing what God wants. Now, I'm, well, I'll just bring it right here. How is it going to be possible 
for some churches of God to say it's okay to take the mark of the beast. They may not say it exactly that way. How will they compromise? Because it's entirely possible. Because, number one, they don't know the total control that it will have over them. Okay. Here's how it'll happen. Because the wrong interpretation that Herbert Armstrong had way back in the 60s, which is this. The mark of the beast is Sunday keeping. Okay. The Seventh-day Adventists teach that today. The mark of the beast is Sunday keeping. All right. Now, how many of you have credit cards? We all do. That's a digital system, right? And it works, correct? All right. What will be the compromise when it comes? Well, it's only a matter of transactions. And after all, you've been using it for years on your credit cards, right? Okay. And you also have computers, correct? And are not these computers programmed to do this, that, and the other? Yes. Okay. And look at all of the people in Sweden and various other European countries that already have the mark of the beast in their right hand put right here. A program chip. Okay. And look at they're doing okay. So since it's not interfering with our worship of God, compromise. Therefore, since it's only business and of the world, compromise. It's okay to go along with the system. Compromise. Gotcha. Huh? See how easy that's going to be? And then they would add on to this. Well, God really doesn't want you to be hunger, hungry, naked. Huh? Question. Do you think anyone like that will be faithful unto martyrdom? Because it's going to come, right? Okay. Now then, let's continue on with the churches here. We'll just summarize the next one, which is Smyrna. Smyrna, they had to prove their faithfulness with their, with their lives. Some were cast into prison, some were martyred, and they had 10 years of terrible tribulation. Okay. But he said, be faithful, and I'll give you a crown of life. Now then, we come to the next one, Pergamos. Now here, compromise came out to be big time because they accepted eating things sacrificed to idols. That's the beginning of what is the Catholic Eucharist or Mass. Okay? 
Now then, and accepting a hierarchical ministry. So what did God say here? Okay. Verse 16, he says to them, repent. For if you do not repent, I will come quickly and make war against them with the sword of my mouth. Now think about this. Christ coming to fight against his own church. Okay. So how important is our faithfulness? That's God's faithfulness toward those people who sin. Because faithfulness of God comes two ways. Blessing, if you love him and keep his commandments and use his Holy Spirit and grow in grace and knowledge and pray night and day and study his word and walk in his path, then God's blessing will come upon you. If not, he's going to make war against you. Okay? Same thing with the church at Thyatira and Jezebel. Full-fledged thing with with the Catholic Church, and again, eating things sacrificed to idols, and that goes into all of the Waldensians and all of those. And again, he tells them to repent. Okay. So he says here, verse 22, Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their works. See, God doesn't judge just whether we're faithful, but faithfulness produces what? Works. Compromise and unfaithfulness has consequence and produces what? Sin and correction. So then he tells them to repent. Chapter 3, the first part there is Sardis. They have a name that they live, yet they're almost dead. Okay? So he says, strengthen the few things that remain, and I won't blot your name out of the book of life. Then we come to the church that is faithful, Philadelphia, keeps the word of God, follows the word of God, lives by the word of God, guards the word of God, and then he blesses us, okay? And he also leaves quite a blessing here, and he doesn't hold any great sin necessitating great repentance against the Philadelphians. Why? Why? If you're faithful with the word of God and faithful in your prayers, what are you going to do every day? You're going to repent of your sin, just like Jesus said in Matthew 6. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So you need to remember that. Any of you who have something against some of the other brethren somewhere, you need to forgive them. And you need to ask God's forgiveness for you. Okay. Then we come to the Laodiceans that everybody likes to accuse everybody else of being a Laodicean because they're rich and increased with goods. 
How did they get rich and increase with goods, and what is their compromise? Just like I said about how to receive the mark of the beast if you're in the church. Oh, look at all the blessings God has given us. Isn't this wonderful? We have all of this. And isn't that what was said of Ambassador College? Okay. Where is it today? Gone. All three campuses. Gone. And when I saw them digging up, never forget this, right across the street from the Hall of Administration was a shopping center with a grocery store. And when I would go down to Pasadena for services in the 90s and so forth, I'd go down once a month. And very often I would stop by in that, in that uh, I think it was Ralph's, and get a couple of things for my trip. And one time I came down, and there they were, where the Hall of Administration stood. It was gone. Completely dismantled. And they were busy digging out the foundation that was the basement below the Hall of Administration. Okay? And I looked at that, and I thought, did not God fulfill his word that if you do not repent, I will spew you out of my mouth? Yes, indeed. Because consequences came. And that was because they turned from God and didn't do what they should do. Let's look at some things in the book of Proverbs now about being faithful. Okay. Book of Proverbs. All right. Proverbs 14 and verse 5. Proverbs 14 and verse 5. Okay. Where no cattle are, the stall is clean. But much increase are, is by the strength of the ox. Now, here you go. A faithful witness will not lie. And one of the big sins of worldwide was, from the ministry, lies about behavior of the ministers, lies about changing the doctrine, which is part of the punishment that God brought. Okay. A faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will speak lies. Okay. Let's come over here to Proverbs 20 and verse 6. Here we go. All right. This is, again, having to do with being faithful. Verse 6. Now, Proverbs is interesting because it, it shows the contrast. So here's the contrast, verse 6. Most men will proclaim their own goodness. And that is, they'll only talk about themselves and what they do and what they have done. Okay? But a faithful man... Who can find 
Yes, where are the faithful men? All right. Now let's see what Jesus has to say about all of this. Let's come to the book of Luke. Luke 16. Here's some good lessons for us. Right here from Jesus' teaching about what kind of faithfulness we need to have. Luke 16. Okay. Verse 10. The one who is faithful in the things that are least. Now, you see, compromise begins when you think that the little things don't count. But after a while, with compromise with it, it becomes a big thing. Isn't that what we saw in the churches of God? Yes, indeed. The one who is faithful in that which is least is also faithful in much. And the one who is unrighteous in the things that are least is also unrighteous in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will entrust you with the true riches? Okay. Now that shows. Okay. Verse 12. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you your own? Now, what does he mean by that? If you're not faithful with others. That's called stewardship. A steward is one who is given the property by his master to go out and make money produce it for him, and bring it back to him. Okay? And, of course, he'll be compensated for it. Now, we find that in Luke 19 about the parable of the talents, the parable of the pounds in Matthew 25. Okay? And he says, for those who were good stewards and they made a gain for the master, he says what? Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Now let's read along here a little bit more about compromise. Okay. Verse 13, here in Luke 16. No servant is able to serve two masters. Okay. For either he will hate the one and he will love the other, or he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, or you cannot serve God and any other thing or any other person. And God has given us what? What has God given us the most important thing that we have? His word. And we're to be faithful in that. And we're, as Paul told Timothy, and this is for all elders and everybody who studies, rightly divide the word of truth. Now then, let's look at some others. Let's come here to Luke, the 12th chapter. Let's see what else Jesus had to say about this. Luke 12, verse 42. 
And the Lord said, Who then is the wise and faithful servant whom the Lord shall put in charge of his household to give to each one the portion of food in his season? Okay. So God gives us responsibility to see what we're going to do. That includes everything we do from tithes and offerings to Sabbath services to holy days to the work that we do to the way that we think to the way that we react. Okay. Faithful. Verse 43. Blessed is that servant whom the Lord, when he comes, shall find so doing. What is God going to give us at the resurrection? Huh? Everything he's been working for up to that point, so that when the first resurrection takes place and we're all raised from the dead, we're all changed to spirit beings, and we're all on the sea of glass, and the lamb and the bride, the wedding takes place and the wedding feast, and we come back. And what is Christ called? Faithful and true. See? And that's what we need to be. So let's read on. He says, of a truth, I tell you, he will set him over all his possessions. Verse 45 now. But if that servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delays his coming. See? Didn't work out like he said. Now, how many people left the church? Because it didn't work out the way that they were told. See? How many repented and said, well, this is a warning from God. We better get close to God and we better get with it. Okay. My Lord delays his coming and shall begin to beat the men servants and maid servants and to be gluttonous and become drunk. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he does not expect, and in an hour he does not know, and will cut him asunder, and will appoint his portion with the unbelievers. Okay. So here's the choices that we need to make so that we are faithful. God is always faithful. God is always true. God is always merciful, and he will forgive. So we need to adjust our behavior and our thoughts and the things that we do to that. Okay? So he gives a warning, verse 47. And that servant who, who knew the will of his Lord, but did not prepare, nor did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. Okay? So it shows, going to be held responsible because it was given. See? Now that's always important to remember. All of our elders know that. And we do not lord it over the brethren. See? See? 
What it is for all the elders to do is this. Jesus said, it's sufficient that the disciple become like the teacher. Okay? So Christ is the teacher. We, as elders, are the stewards. And we are to teach all the brethren everywhere to become like Christ. Now, when that is done, then all of the brethren will be correcting themselves. Why? Because they're faithful. Because they want to grow and overcome. And they will become aware of the things that they do or the carnal mind thoughts that come in that are contrary to the will of God to overcome them, okay? But he says this. This tells us no one is going to escape the faithful judgment of God. Now, there's mercy involved when there's repentance. So he says this, verse 48, okay? But the one who did not know and did things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few, for whosoever much has been given from him, much will be required. And to whom much has been committed from him, they will demand the more. And that's where we are. Think about this. Of all the times in the history of the world, beginning when the Reformation started, and unfortunately, the Protestants never carried through. But beginning with that, the entire word of God has been available to the whole world for 500 years and now translated into 3,000 languages. Now, that means that there were a lot of translators. Most of them were pretty faithful. But today, in the so-called Christian world, they're compromising with Satan, the devil, big time. And the consequences are going to come. See, So we need to be faithful in what we do. God will be faithful in what he does, and we need to continue in growing and overcoming in everything that we do. There are many other scriptures we could add to it, and you can study that in the book of Proverbs. So we'll go ahead and end today, and let's end it this way. And to the one who is faithful, Christ will say, well done, good and faithful servant.